Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Welcome in, welcome back. So here's your sort of Patrick Kane update. The Blackhawks play at San Jose tonight, 9 o'clock, the Arton. And the the Blackhawks have already, according to Charlie Rumeliotis, NBC Sports Chicago, Sam Lafferty is not going to be on the ice. There are trade-related reasons. He had been linked the Oilers, according to Emily Kaplan of ABC Sports. Emily Kaplan also has reported that that the Hawks and Rangers, the Rangers are Patrick Kane's first choice, only only choice. And that has, that they are needing to line up salary cap figures and probably a third team. So, it hasn't happened yet, to our knowledge. The Athletics, Scott Powers had written that um, Lafferty is sitting and he does not expect to see Patrick Kane on the ice today. Nothing finalized yet. That's according to Scott Powers of The Athletic regarding Patrick Kane. So we will bring you that. We will bring you everything Patrick Kane. And as you heard with Mark Grody, earlier, Mark Grody will will have a all-Patrick Kane reaction show should he get traded sometime today. So it would be after the Cubs game. Cubs baseball starts at 155 here on the score. DePaul basketball later on. Mark Grody and Patrick Kane, should it be necessary, Mark, Mark Grody will be here talking about that. Cubs spring training on the score is sponsored by Sloan, official water efficiency partner of the Chicago Cubs. Today's Cubs broadcast will feature Alex Cohn, the voice of the Iowa Cubs, and Ron Coomer, legendary analyst, third baseman, former All-Star, and the pitch clock and all that stuff's going on. Whatever Patrick Kane information we can get, we will get. And don't know what the return is going to be, but when he says, I'm only going to the Rangers, and they got <clears throat> Panarin and Tarasenko, and I like those guys, and I want to play with them, and that's it. Kind of limits your limits what you're going to do, and if they need a third team for all the salary cap reasons, then you're going to line up some what's what's in it for them, and that could be the reason Sam Lafferty is he's got 21 points. He's he's played mostly bottom six this year. 
And maybe your team like the Oilers, you need it. Do you, do you have the room for that? I don't know. Uh, speaking of the Cubs, here you go. Here, their bad news is starting. Seiya Suzuki was originally penciled in back cleanup today. Cubs opener against the Giants. We talked about that. They'll be on the score, 155. He's pulled from the lineup, being evaluated for an oblique issue. There you go. Bruce Lemayne was reporting that. Suzuki is being further evaluated for oblique issue by Cub medical staff. He is not in the lineup. Brennan Davis will replace him in today's lineup against the... And remember, pitch clock rules. Get in there. Get in the batter's box. Manny Machado did, and he got a strike called on him. He started 0-1. And if you're a pitcher, hurry up. Throw it. Otherwise, it's ball one. In hockey news this week, this is a wonderful week. Today, for instance, today on two fronts, today marks the 46th anniversary of the release of the greatest sports movie ever known by one of... This is the call and response among hockey-savvy people. Joe, own the Chiefs. Owns... Owns. That's it. You walk by somebody wearing a Chiefs shirt. Who owned that Chief? Owns. Owns. That's the call and response. When I was with the Tribune and we held a movie night and the NHL was out and I said, let's make hockey fans feel good. And we showed it at the music box and, and we showed Slapshot and we had... We had microphones, me and Michael Phillips, our film critic, and we came out, and Wayne Messmer was there to sing the national anthem. We had a, a piano in the room playing Lady of Spain. And I got up on stage and without any introduction, and I just looked at everyone and said, who owned a chief? And more than half the audience said, owns, owns. That's the call and response. And at that Tribune event, we got the chance to Skype. Remember Skype? Remember when Skype was a thing? Now I guess you Zoom. We Skyped with Steve Hansen. People could ask questions of a real Hansen brother. He was there. And he was there on Skype. And we brought, put him on the big screen. It was a great event. Good news about Steve Hansen, if you've been following this. He's a year into remission. He's cancer-free for a year. Got himself some new teeth. Still got the long hair that you know of the Hanson brothers. And if you're not sure which one he is, he's number 17. Because they all look alike. Number 17, Steve Hansen. Good for you. You go. So as we continue tracking Patrick Kane, you, you have to talk Slapshot. Because that's the greatest sports movie ever. And that's it. Anybody who ever, if you play high school hockey, you play junior hockey, you play minor league hockey, everybody has this. They used to have tapes of it. Now they're CDs. Now they can watch it on their phones or their watches. But you do. You're obligated to watch it. Now there is a contender for that. You have to do. You have another movie. And the actual event, not the movie, the real thing happened this week with the one where Al Michaels asked the deathless question, Do you believe in miracles? That happened this week. They beat the Soviet Union. The United States, a team of snot-nosed college guys, beat the greatest team in the world. And 
they made a movie about it called Miracle. Um, show friend of the show, longtime friend, Jack O'Callaghan had been one of the technical advisors. And one of the great things about that movie was the truth behind this wasn't Hollywood. They could have Hollywooded it up. They told a real story. There were five players from the Miracle team that were asked to write their own. What was Herb Brooks saying before that game against the Soviet Union? And Jack said he wrote what he remembered. The other four players wrote what they remembered. Almost all of them remembered the same thing, and this is what you got in the movie as close to true as possible. Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here tonight, boys. That's what you've earned here tonight. One game. If we played them 10 times, they might win nine. But not this game. Not tonight. Tonight, we skate with them. Tonight, we stay with them. And we shut them down because we can. Tonight, we are the greatest hockey team in the world. You were born to be hockey players. Every one of you. And you were meant to be here tonight. Their time is done. It's over. I'm sick and tired of hearing about what a great hockey team the Soviets have. Screw them. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Said, that's a great speech. And Jack said, Jack O'Callaghan said that that was that it, all five players that were asked to write for the directors and producers of the film, and and that's what they came up with. What an all-time great movie moment. So that was this week, February 22nd. And then they had to, you know, they still could have lost the gold medal. They still could have finished out of the medal. They did not have a playoff system. It was round robin, and it was points. So not only did they beat the Soviets, they had to beat Finland. And the Finns were up 2-1 to one after the first period. And Herb Brooks, see, this is what Disney couldn't put in the movie. Herb Brooks walked into the locker room after the first period in which they're down 2-1 to one that Sunday against the Finns and said, if you lose this game, you'll take this to your grave, to your bleeping grave. And then he walked out of the room. And then they took Finland's head off. And they ended up with a gold medal. Anyways, that was one of the all-time great movie speeches. I love the story. So that's hockey this week. And here's Pierre Lebrun, Pierre Lebrun of The Athletic. 
and he's talking about an update on Patrick Kane, just to keep you posted on this. Quoting his agent, Patrick Kane's agent, Pat Brisson, based on the current status of Patrick's situation, we collectively felt it was more appropriate to have him not play during this period of reflection. Wait, what is this? Rosh Hashanah? Is this Yom Kippur? Period of reflection. He made it, he simply waived his no movement clause and he waived it for one team. He's not playing because he doesn't want to get hurt and scotch the deal. This period of reflection. He's got a lot to think about here, Rosie. <clears throat> Does he want to play for a bad team or a good team? Wow. All right. Anyways, that's the, that's the latest on Kane. We'll have it as it happens. We'll have more. If, should it happen during the <sighs> Darren Drager? Oh, here's a report for Darren Drager. Darren Drager of TSN, the Sports Network. He's hockey's insider up there, the Sports Network, Canada's version of ESPN. It's believed Cat Patrick Kane has returned home and is no longer with the team. He's supposed to play the. The San Jose team. Arks! And why is this a, you know, brace yourself, Hawks fans. David David Haw had tweeted that. I don't, maybe because of the finality. Is it really, don't we know this was coming? Is this really any surprise? Is this, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I just, we, we kind of thought it was coming a couple of years ago. They sucked. And they wondered Everybody wondered, and they were asked, they being Kane and Taves, you going to waive your no-movement clause? Well, it hasn't happened. I'm not going to respond to those kind of hypothetical stuff like that. So he did waive it. He's waiting for the Rangers and a third team. they got to get this thing worked out. So that's what we're waiting on. We're keeping you posted as best as possible. In the meantime, 155 today, we will bring you Cubs baseball. We have a Cubs lineup, and remember, pitch clock is in is in play. It will be a part of the game. You will hear it right here on the score. Man who's seen a lot of these kind of games and dealt with it. And we will talk to Evan Altman of CubsInsider.com and what might be expected today, who this helps, who this hurts, what he thinks of the Cubs lineup. And guess what? Somebody's already out, already injured. We'll talk about that with Evan Altman. Talk Cubs on the Cubs' home. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Injuries teach you the fragility of, of the sport. It can be taken away from you at any time, and it really made me appreciate the game and the gifts I've been given, and it, it gives you a different outlook on life when you're sitting at home watching all your buddies play the sport you love and you just want to get back out there and compete. I know you played like basketball and stuff growing up. Did you have injuries like this that it was, you were out like for a ton of time? <sighs> I had a basketball injury, but then I missed my baseball season because of it. <laughs> yeah. So it was like towards the end, ended up being able to play through it, and then it was like something I needed to take care of. So I've, I've dealt with injuries before. I've came back from stuff, and I've, I know what it takes to be able to get back on the field and be normal. Be normal. Okay, that's Brendan Davis. He's back on the field today because Seiya Suzuki is not. 
Seiya Suzuki, who bulk up a big, got strong, and he's pulled from the lineup before the first game's even played, before the first exhibition pitch, which you will hear on the score, beginning at 155 today. Seiya Suzuki all bulked up and now has an oblique issue. They're investigating his oblique issue. Brandon Davis, that was him. That was him talking about being hurt and you don't get to do what you love and now you do because somebody else got hurt. That's just the way of the world, I guess. So the original lineup was Horner, Swanson, Hap, Suzuki, Mancini, DH, Bellinger, Hosmer, Wisdom, Gomes, Stroman, Pitching. Can they get in the box fast enough? Can they pitch fast enough? Let's ask somebody who knows all about these clocks and has followed it and knows all about the Cubs and has followed them. Joining me on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, Evan Altman, Cubs Insider. Evan, thanks for joining me today. How are you, sir? I'm I'm doing well. I guess maybe better than than say a Suzuki. Although I heard I almost got scratched because of Patrick Kane. So you know we do have something in common. Yeah, there you there you go. Well, Suzuki hurt himself. You did nothing to hurt yourself. You except not being Patrick Kane. We do have an update. Emily Kaplan of ABC has reported that New York's got to clear cap space and find a third party broker. Till then, it won't get done. Patrick Kane and Sam Lafferty have been scratched from tonight's game against the Sharks by the Hawks. Now, back to baseball. So the Cubs will play their first game with the new rules, the pitch clock most notably, but the the lack of shift, the limit of the shift, those that seems more than anything else, the lack of a shift seems to have gone into a lot of Jed Hoyer's thinking. What do you think of the, the moves he's made and the way he has approached this offseason in anticipation of the new rules and their effect, Evan? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, there were there were a few factors here. In particular, you know, if you listen to what Hoyer said kind of at the outset of the of the offseason was more about trying to add offense and, and really blow other teams out. And obviously that hasn't really come to pass with the moves that they made. However, if you look at kind of the run prevention side of things, you know, moving Horner over to the right side, uh, and, and having Dansby Swanson, right? So recent Gold Glove winner, you've got a guy who, who probably should have been a Gold Glove winner in Nico Warner, who really actually derived a lot of his value from playing over the right side in the shift. You strengthen things up the middle, and then you've got a bunch of pitchers who you've either added or you've kept around who are ground ball type guys. And so um, I think between those and then some of the players they've added, you know, a lot gets made of uh, Eric Hosmer has a really, really high ground ball rate. Um, and as a left-handed hitter, where a lot of those going to go. Of course, they're going to be pulled to that right side. And you kind of wonder, okay, do more of those sneak through as a result, right? So you may not be hitting for a ton of power, but I think the Cubs are going to be able to benefit from these rules, both offensively and defensively. Um, I don't know how much more so than other teams maybe, but I, I do think that, that maybe they, if you, if you look at who benefits the most, they're definitely one of those teams that I think have, have tried to leverage these rules. And when you look at, on the, you know, in addition to just the shift, the larger bases, um, the rules about the pitchers being able to throw over, that sort of thing. The Cubs were a lot more aggressive last year on the base path than they have been in, in recent memory. So I think that's going to continue for them as well, and they'll really be able to take advantage. My guest is Evan Altman, CubsInsider.com is the place you can find him, read him, hear, see his thoughts. And and one of the things that I wanted, <clears throat> I don't, I don't know all the decimal points. I don't know all the, all the algorithms. I don't know if Pakoda has changed things. I don't keep up with this. 
But it would seem the shift would affect the way teams play defense, help pitchers, or help their offense. I don't know if that's been changed. Is there an algorithm, a a projection, have some of these sites that major in, in decimal points given us an idea of what, how much the Cubs might be helped by this approach? I, I don't think there's much that's out there that really says, you know, on a team by team basis. And we have, you know, certainly there are some projections with that. But I think one of the things that, that I noted uh, recently was um, Codify, the, uh, the Twitter handle at Codify Baseball. Um, Michael Fisher is the one behind that. And they do a lot of um, support for pitchers, right? They'll go in and, and pitchers can sign up to get their heat maps and things like that. But he, he puts out a ton of really interesting statistics. And if you look at the area where I think you're going to see a lot of help is if you, if you put credence in and where you should, uh, batting average on balls in play, right? And it's been the same for the last 14 seasons. So from 2009 through last season, uh, 295 batting average on balls in play for right-handers. But for left-handers, it's dropped from 305 to 283. So it's down 22 points as we've seen much more emphasis placed on the shift. So um, I I think what you're going to see is then teams that do employ left-handed pull hitters, you know, and and particularly like power hitters aren't going to be as as greatly influenced by this, right? They're hitting through it, over it, that sort of thing. But if you look at kind of heavier ground ball types, um, I I do think, again, that's where we'll see some of this difference. But I also think it's going to take some time for that stuff to play out. We can look at all the projections and what the computer models think, but uh, with this kind of being some some different inputs, I think from what we've seen recently, it's going to take a, a couple of months for us to really see who and whether this really has much of an impact. Had Mark Gonzalez on the show last week talking about what he he was applying, what he saw in college baseball with the pitch clock, with a pitch clock, and batters being required to be in there in a certain amount of time, or there's an automatic strike. Manny Machado found that out yesterday. Immediately, he was 0-1 in his first at bat, and certain pitchers will be helped or hurt. The Cubs staff, Evan, who does this, who might this affect? There's no Steve Traxel on it, but somebody has to be last. Somebody has to hurry it up. Are there pitchers that will be helped more or hurt more? Who do you think this will be trouble for? Who do you think will benefit most by this? Yeah, um, that it's a, it's a really interesting thought that I, I haven't quite weighed yet, but, it, you know, mostly – uh, you've got a lot of guys, again, who, who aren't really uh, due to kind of drag around so much. You know, I, I think you, you look at some of these guys, too, who are more of the sinker ballers, who, who do get the ground. I mean, I think Marcus Stroman's going to be helped. Uh, he's a guy who's got a very solid repertoire, ended the season really, really well. But I think someone who can kind of get after it, who, you know, gets in, in hitters' heads a little bit, um, I think that'll be great for him. What I kind of wonder about and I know it may not make a difference for a few months yet, is a guy like Kyle Hendricks, who not not necessarily because of his entire style, but because we're looking at somebody who hasn't thrown in a live game since July and, you know, is trying to come back with some new mechanics. How does he adjust to those things? Is he able to kind of get up to speed with all of these other changes that are going on in the game while also trying to change uh, the, the basic way he pitches? So I am, I'm concerned for Hendricks for several other reasons, but, adding in these new rules and some other changes along with that does concern me for him in the long run. My guest is Evan Altman, CubsInsider.com. We're talking Cubs baseball here. You'll hear Cubs baseball beginning at 155 today on the score, Chicago Sports Radio, 
670, Alex Cohen, voice of the Iowa Cubs, will be calling play-by-play. Ron Coomer will be doing the analysis and the familiarity with the, the pitch clock. What you saw last year, Alex is certainly familiar with it, and you're familiar with Alex. And and the first report, you know, the first game yesterday, two hours and 30 minutes. You You had me at two hours. That was a wonderful thing for baseball to experience and some more base runners. And it seemed like the ideal start to where it's going to go. Did you experience this? Did you enjoy those games with pitch clocks more? And if so, or if not, why? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's part of that. It's tough to separate just from the idea of kind of minor league baseball and the, the differences that there are there with just the, the more intimate setting and uh, and everything and, and much cheaper. Um, you know, the beer is a little bit uh, less expensive, so that helps. But um, no, I think that the pace, right? We we get a little confused sometimes between pace of of game, pace of play, and length of play. Uh, and and I certainly I'm with you. I, I love keeping it under three hours, but at the same time, if the game is moving quickly, if there's a lot of more balls in play, if the pitches are coming in in quicker succession, that sort of thing, the action continues. Then even a longer game is going to feel shorter by comparison. So, um, but either way, I'm, I'm definitely in favor of it. I think there will probably be an adjustment period, uh, particularly if, if people get a little anxious from seeing that pitch clock going, kind of like the shot clock there. And, uh, you know, you're going to hear people counting it down and, or, or you're going to do it mentally in your own head. But once you get a little more used to it, uh, I, I do think that even the, the people who are like, oh, we love baseball so much. We love every game to be four hours. Uh, I don't know that they actually mean that because – I love baseball as much as anyone. I don't want to sit through a bunch of four-hour games, four-hour nine-inning games. Let's let's clarify that, right? I want these things done quickly because growing up, when you're watch, uh, watching Greg Maddox pitch and, and watch some of these guys go, uh, or if you're a Sox fan and you were watching Mark Burley, uh, those guys got in there, got it done, and, and got out. And those there's nothing better than those games when it's two and a half, two hours, 15 minutes. Give me that every day. I love it. I'm I'm with you on that, but I and I think it's a great point you made. The difference, the distinction between just the length of time and how much action is involved. And if you are a baseball fan, then you and, and you want to stick around, or a sports fan, if there's action, you don't really notice how long games are going. If there's nothing going on, then a two-hour and forty-five-minute game can seem like forever because guys are backing out or they're playing with their 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 glove, their batting gloves, or they're touching themselves in places, and they're spitting, and they're doing all that, and nothing is really happening. So baseball is looking to inject more of the action, and I'm interested to see how this plays off, it plays out. But if you speed up the strikeouts, okay, great, you get those done, and you hurry along, and players will adjust. Joey Votto said, "I don't care if you give me ten seconds, I'll figure it out," and that's the one thing that hasn't been factored into it. These the pros are the pros. They will fa- they will figure it out. They will adjust to whatever. In in the past, they've been a, like a gas, right? They're going to fill all the time they have. They're just going to fill the room, take whatever time they have. Now they don't have that anymore. They'll learn to adjust. I want to see, and I don't know if it happened last year. Maybe you can help me with this. I want to see the the stringent enforcement in the end of the season the way it is at the beginning of the season when they want to make a point about all of these rules. Did you, was, was that consistent? Yeah. I mean, 
well, the one thing, and I know you know, we speak about the enforcement of rules. I think the one of them was the foreign substances, sticky substances. That's probably the most recent one where you know we could really see something going on. Although that seemed to have fallen off. Um, what will be interesting, you know, is uh, you talk about maybe in basketball, for an example, right? Late in the game, are the fouls called the same way? So, are, are you going to enforce the clock the same way when we're coming down to the the you know game one sixty two? to determine a division winner or a wild card winner, you know, how, how are these things going to work with uh, the stolen bases, the step offs, you know, how, how are things enforced on the, on the shift? So, um, and, and those things are always magnified, right? If it's game 18 of the season, we're not really thinking much of it, but my hope would be that the cadence has been established, the understanding of how those rules are, that we're really at a point where, those things don't seem as obvious or, or they, they just kind of are part of the game and part of the flow. Everyone's adjusted to it. We don't really need to worry about it uh, because the last thing you want is to see anything determined on, on what kind of feels like a technicality, right? You want the actual play on the field to determine anything, um, which is where I kind of get a little sticky on some of the replay stuff. So uh, I certainly hope that we just see a uniform enforcement. And, uh, and like I said, by the time the season wraps up, we're all used to all this stuff, and it doesn't seem like a novelty anymore. I haven't. You bring up an interesting point. I haven't read the fine print on this, but could you challenge the pitch clock? Because you can. The pitch clock will be prominent in all of the baseball screens. Could you challenge the pitch? If you're a manager, challenge the pitch clock. Is that available for replay? Could the guy be called out? Could you get an out? Could you end a game that way? I don't believe so, but there again, um, you know, because it feels like it kind of falls in that balls and strike thing. But I have, I have also not looked into the fine print on that. I've never, never seen it happen. So my understanding is that you cannot. Uh, although, you know, at some point, you know, we look at that though. Like in basketball, you can challenge a shot clock, mm-hmm. right? Oh, there was still, you know, a tenth of a second left. He let it go early. So uh, I'm not entirely sure. Although I've seen, you know, already some college games that have ended and that bats that have ended when the batter wasn't uh, deemed mm-hmm. to have been set in the box by the umpire. So I think uh, I think there's still a human element that's going to be pretty strongly involved. Okay, I know bullpens change good. Even with championship teams, bullpens turn over by half. This Cubs bullpen going in, what do you think of it? How important will it be? Or how many guys stick around? However you want to approach it. Scout the bullpen for me before I let you go, Evan. Yeah, I, th- I think that's going to be of uber importance, not not just because, the, I mean, the game itself has changed to where we're not talking about workhorse pitchers anymore. You rarely, the Cubs didn't have any starting pitcher who actually had a qualified inning total last year. Now, a lot of that's because of injuries, right? But yeah, if you look at it, you go, you sort by starters and go, go who's qualified? The Cubs didn't have anybody. Um, and, you know, some of that should bounce back and, and tie on a, eat some innings and, and if Stroman's healthy, he should as well. I think we'll see more of that, but uh, we're also looking at a group that hasn't stretched that far. And, and I think there, you, if you look at Keegan Thompson and Albert Alzali, both expected to be multi-inning relievers, whoever doesn't win that fifth starter spot, whether that's Hayden Wisniewski, Adrian Sampson, Javier Assad, one of them may end up maybe two of them in triple a, but another one of those guys could be kind of a long reliever, a piggyback type starter. Um, so, I, I kind of wonder, and right now we're, we're waiting to see, is it Michael Fulmer closing games? Is it Brad Boxberger? Does Brandon Hughes get a shot? Um, there's a lot that's in flux there, and I, so I think they're going to have to lean really heavily into those long relievers or swingmen-type players and then you know try to bridge that gap into the back end because they really didn't go too heavy 
on picking up any of those kind of um, they certainly didn't go for any high price guys. You know, we didn't see Andrew Chafin brought back. That was kind of an expectation for a while. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see how that shakes out and how David Ross deploys these guys, because that's going to be huge. If this team's going to be successful, they're going to have to get a really big contribution in particular out of their multi-inning kind of mid-relief guys. Hurry up, pitch fast. All right, Evan, thanks. Appreciate your time. Thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me on. Evan Altman, CubsInsider.com, talking Cubs here. Cubs baseball, it will be on at 155. Alex Cohen, the voice of the Iowa Cubs, will be sitting next to Ron Coomer, talking about Cubs, Giants, pitch clock, get the batter in the box, let's go, no shift, you're you're limited, let's see some athleticism and hits and play baseball. Cubs spring, spring training on the score is sponsored by Sloan, official water efficiency partner of the Chicago Cubs. We'll take a break when we come back as we lead up to Cubs baseball. Um, had a couple other things in there in my cultural zeitgeist, including the best thing I saw this week. And I'll bring that to you and, um, and something else if we have time. As part of the cultural zeitgeist, a <clears throat> famous movie line that is now dreaded by the guy who said it. I'm Steve Rosenblum, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Sword. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. A couple of minutes before Cubs baseball. Cubs spring training on the score is sponsored by Sloan, official water efficiency partner of the Chicago Cubs. I'm going to try to get through this. I don't know that I will. It is a long letter from Jason Kipnis on Twitter at, at the JK underscore kid. Thank you, baseball, and uh, at MLB. <clears throat> there is no real ending. It's just the place you stop the story. Interesting, because this is the best thing I saw this week. I'd be lying if I said I wanted to write this to have to officially acknowledge that my time as a player in the game of baseball is over. I've always heard you rarely get to end your career on your own terms. They weren't lying. Breaking my hamate bone on my last swing with Cleveland meant no fun hat tip before leaving. Got to go home and wear the cubby blue and return to Cleveland as a visitor Pandemic, empty stadiums, no closure. Instead, it ended the way my professional career started, riding buses in the minor leagues. And then the lockout happened, and before I knew it, it was over. My mind and body just aren't up for the commitment anymore. Frustrating at first, there's only one feeling I'm left with. It stands out above all, gratitude. First and foremost, thank you, Mom and Dad, for everything. Every team you signed me up for, every game, practice, or lesson you drove me to, every wiffle ball you pitched to me, every game you made it to, and every text you sent when you couldn't. This journey never starts without the two of you by my side. I know I didn't always make it easy, but I hope I made it worth it. Hard singles, love you. Thanks to Amanda Blair, Todd, Samantha, Erica, Mary, and the Millers, and all my guys back home. One of my favorite compliments I get is the game never changed me. It's because you guys, as my inner circle, are all I've ever needed. The ups and downs, every one of them, we were made better because I had you guys and your support in my corner. Thanks to my teammates, coaches, and trainers along the way with your guys' help. Every day, my career never would have, without your guys' help every day, my career never would have reached the heights it did. I hope playing alongside me was a fraction of as much fun as I had playing alongside all of you. 
I'm not sure anyone had more fun in this game than I did. If the lifelong friends and memories are all I have left over from this game, then that's just fine by me. To Beverly Hills Sports Council, Danny and Mark, thank you for support and guidance that you've given me in this game. Your support and loyalty have meant the world to me. To Cleveland, thank you for being you. I was lucky to be drafted by you. I always wanted to play my play to the echo of the city's attitude every time I took the field. There were ups and downs of my career, sure. But one thing I never wanted you to question was how hard I played for the name on the front. I tried to make you proud every game. You guys gave me the chance to live out my dream, and I'll never forget some of the amazing moments we shared together. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Modelo. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. To the fans, thank you for making the game and life experience what it was. You guys made me feel larger than life, and I am grateful for every interaction, positive or negative, that came along that way. Every moment was made better because of you guys and your passion for the game. Lastly, thank you to the game of baseball. The impact you've had on my life is immeasurable. From the dreams of a boy in Northbrook to the biggest stage there is. You've shaped me into who I am today. It was an honor and a privilege to play this game. I may regret the way we ended but I will never regret what we had. I am forever a fan of yours. Forever grateful, Jason Kipnis. That was the best thing I read this week. And we have to get out of here, don't we? All right. Thanks for listening to Saturday Suckage. Thanks for suffering through this. We'll update the web poll. Do we have a quick answer, Sean? Dr. Dreidel's up 58 to 41. Over? 160 votes. LL cooled you. That is correct. All right. Thanks, everybody. If nobody important listened to this show, I'll be back next week. And we'll have another web poll, perhaps changing my rap name. Or no. And there'll be other nonsense and other cultural zeitgeist and other sports to talk about. And we'll see who's been thrown out or called strikes. Cubs baseball is next. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
it wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Oh, yes. Wait, wait a minute, Mr. Post. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. it. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.